Welcome to the first episode of Streaming and Screaming, where each week we review and discuss new music, industry news, and our favorite new songs. All right, so I'm Taylor Rabicus. I'm a sophomore music education, music performance major at a college in Iowa. Pretty dense background in music. I've been taking music lessons, piano, different instruments since I was like really little. Mm -hmm. I just have a really good affinity for music. I love it so much. She has the credentials. <laughs> um, I'm Blake McMillan. I'm from Philadelphia, Mississippi, and now I'm also at the same college in Iowa with Taylor. Um, I've always just grown up around like music, um, pop music specifically. I had a really bad Hannah Montana phase as a kid, and um, it just kind of morphed from that into a love for the, the whole pop music industry from there. So I've always just grown up with music around me. Um, so Taylor, yes. Um, I, I'm about to ask you just to name one favorite artist, but uh -huh. you can do four or five because I, I'm thinking like if you asked me that question, I would give you twelve. So very fair. So like, I'd say a very nice like sampler platter of my music range and like music taste would be like. I listen to a lot of 70s music, so like we have Fleetwood Mac, Elton John. I've also been into like pop punk in the industry recently, so I like K-Flay a lot. Of course, like the boy pop punk boy bands have always been a favorite. <laughs> like man, haven't we all have like a My Chemical Romance phase? <laughs> oh. And then maybe like I like like pop music here and there, but I especially like like the new like indie pop music. So the 1975 mm -hmm. is definitely a favorite of mine. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess my favorite artist would be obviously Taylor Swift, the legend herself. If you're new here, because I mean, it's the first episode. If you've never met me or seen my internet presence, um, I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift. Um, I love Billie Eilish, Lana Del Rey, Conan Gray, Troye Sivan, Alanis Morissette. Um, so I feel like me and Taylor are such, like, we definitely pick up where the other lacks. Um, mm -hmm. And we're so, we're similar, but stark contrast as yeah. well. Like, we can meet on some music interests. But I'm very, like, mainstream pop. And mm -hmm. Taylor is listening, like, if I'm standing on Times Square, like, with the, all of the Spotify <laughs> billboards that are showing the new music that everyone's listening to, and, like, Taylor is in the alleyway nearby <laughs> with all the artists that don't get the praise that they deserve yeah and so mm -hmm. you're like we i feel like we have that yeah cool like it's like that complimentary power mm -hmm. it's very nice so i guess so for this for this podcast um i guess we should do like a a mission statement um yeah. so taylor what are we hoping to do with this um format i'm hoping with this podcast I think a lot of people pay attention to the Billboard Top 40, mm -hmm. but they don't pay attention to the artists that make it into the top 10. And they also may not be very informed on current industry news unless it's like huge drama, like with their fave artists on social media. Yeah. So I'd say I'd hope our mission statement is to expose people to some new music, maybe find some new favorite artists or tastes or genres that they mm -hmm. really like, help them keep up with what's going on in the industry and some very important things and the such. Wow. I was just going to say to inform people that you, <laughs> like, to inform people on, you know, what's going on in the music industry. Um, and also, like you kind of said, put them on something. Nice. Um, so we are going to, for this first episode, um, it is the end of August, and so we just came out of a very important time in the industry, and that is summer. Um, summertime is a, a like a really big part of direction for the music industry. Yeah. Everybody's jockeying for that top like song of the summer spot. Very true. So we're going to do a bit of recapping um, the summer. We're going to look back at what Elle predicted to be the top eight songs of the summer back in May. And I guess for this first segment, we will kind of do like hot or not. We'll, we'll discuss yeah. if, if it had song of the summer potential. I like it. So our first track on our top eight songs of the summer from Elle was the Savage Remix by Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce. All right. Hot or not, Blake? Hot. Very Ooh. hot. Warm. <laughs> Warm. 
Yes. I'm not usually a fan of like hip hop and like R&B and rap, but I do really, really like Megan Thee Stallion and I think her career is going somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I'm like very hot. And if you have Beyonce tapped on a track, then you're definitely going to get recognition. Yeah, that's like a bragging right. It is. Like I, I collab with Beyonce. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a lot that I heard about Megan Thee Stallion in 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I heard from Megan Thee Stallion. Like, mm -hmm. I just heard about her. Didn't hear any of her music. <laughs> um, so this, this kind of put her on my radar. Um, she has the chops. She's very good at writing. And I like it. All right, so the next song is Say So Remix, Doja Cat, featuring Nicki Minaj. I think this one's very hot. It is. It was like very hot straight out the gate in May like immediate radio time, constant radio time. And it's like, even though Doja Cat had some controversy over the summer with like some things she said, mm -hmm. it's like, it's still on the radio, they're still playing it. And it's like Nicki Minaj too, so. Yeah. I Okay, so the the standard, like putting Nicki on the track, put it on my radar. Mm -hmm. Like I hadn't, I like, just heard it on TikTok. Yeah. But honest to God, I didn't even know what she was saying. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. For like the first few times I heard it, but. It's like the background, I don't know if she like intentionally did this, but it sounds like it's sampled from Good Times mm. by Chic. Yeah. Um, so it definitely has that like groove, that vibe you're yeah. looking for. And it's just like really fun to listen to. It's like, uh, I feel like I'm being like teleported through yeah. time, sort of. And it's like the music video even feels into that mm -hmm. even more. Yeah. With that yeah, yeah, yeah. feel. Period. Very nice. Okay. All right, so the next song we have is Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. Uh, I'm, uh, I want to say hot. We'll say it's like... I'm going to say... I'm personally, I'm going to say very, very hot just because of the bass line in it. Like, I have background in bass, so I play electric bass in different bands, and, like, I help, like, for cover bands and stuff. But that bass line is, like, literally insane. <laughs> yeah. I look at it, and I'm like, oh, my God. I just think for me, like in time for summer like I, I heard a lot of this song in the spring and then every time after that it kind of did a full one a like yeah that part i've heard it so many times it just kind of like wears you down more and more as the, you listen to yeah, it by the time of summer i was like okay we've heard it it's like i hurt. would so for me it's a not in a attempt to not hurt do it because i know she's mm -hmm. listening <laughs> to not hurt dua lipa's feelings i would replace don't start now on this list with break your heart oh break your or, heart did come in really fast break my heart yeah yeah because oh, yeah. that one snuck in all right our next one is adore you by harry styles hot or not taylor i'd say lukewarm lukewarm i agree one. i would also like replace and it's not that it's a bad song mm -hmm. also like even watermelon sugar like i would replace it mm -hmm. on this list um just because oh thank you <laughs> My computer's on 16%, and she started handing me my charger. <laughs> we have a gentle lady over here. But yeah, I think Adore You was lukewarm. Like, I really liked it when it first came out, but it came out in, like, what, May? April area? Well, okay. Actually, it came out way earlier, because yeah, Fine out in, Line. Fine Line came out in December, but I think it got sent to radio mm -hmm. in February. Sent. Yeah. So it's like, it had some time to, like, get some power to culminate that following. I like the what he did with every song on Fine Lines, really, really good. But I think it was just the same thing with Say So and like Don't Start Now where it's like constantly overplayed. Mm -hmm. Watermelon Sugar could have been a good contender if we want to swap out songs. Yeah, it's funny because like a, like Watermelon Sugar came out before Adore You. Yeah. But Watermelon Sugar, she has the longevity. She really do. <laughs> it's just so fun to listen to. I love it. So okay. now we have Know Your Worth, which is Khalid featuring Disclosure. I think this one was a pretty good contender, and like I'm a really big fan of Disclosure's music. Personally, I thought the intro from this one sounded very similar to Magnets, which they released like in 2016 or something with Lord. Mm -hmm. Like it sounded very similar, and I really liked it. But I just like I feel like it didn't get as much radio time as it could have. Lukewarm or a not, you know? I like Khalid's voice on it. Yes, he's. I, so for me, mm -hmm. like on my personal playlist, I would put it on a, like it's hot for me. Mm -hmm. Radio wise, not very hot. Not. Yeah. Um, so. Yes, I definitely, 
I love Khalid. He has such great potential as an artist. And like, since he released like American Teen, mm -hmm. like I was still in high school. I listened to that on repeat. Mm -hmm. It was so good. That one's a classic. And then also his Free Spirit, his follow-up album. Mm -hmm. That one's really good too. So it's like, Khalid has the potential. He does. Um, so the next is BS by Jean Aiko featuring her. I really like this one. I thought it was kind of like, it was a very nice girl anthem. Like, mm -hmm. I love Jean Aiko. Her music is very good. She reminds me a little bit of Rina Sawayama in like the forms of like pop music. It's very good stuff. I, it got a little bit more radio time than the Khalid Disclosure track did, mm -hmm. but still like not as much coverage. Yeah. <laughs> so then we have Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. I say hot. This is definitely the song of the summer for me. It came out in February, but it... it it lasted, and I think, which we'll talk about later, TikTok had a mm -hmm. lot to do with yeah. that, a lot with all these songs on this list, but... TikTok gave it that. I was going to bring that up. TikTok just, gave it the longevity that yeah, it needed. Just kept it going, and it's just, it is so fun to listen to. Like, you it hear is. that intro, and it's just like, it reminds me of, like, an 80s sci-fi film. Like, it has that very distinct feel or look for me, you know? Yeah, and the last one? <laughs> Yo Pero Solo by Bad Bunny. I love his voice, but I love the representation um, that like he brings to yeah. the table. I like it a lot. Like I said earlier, I'm not a huge fan of like rap or hip hop, but I did really like this song and like it's very fun to listen to it. Vibes really mm -hmm. hard. And it's nice to see like Spanish music in like the American top 40. Yeah. So like, it's really nice. Like you had like Selena in like the 80s and 90s yeah. and like she was huge and so like we have new artists coming up so we have like bad bunny and it's like all these like hip-hop artists even and it's so nice to see and you also have like cali uchis and stuff mm -hmm. yeah very good i very love nice. it there was a i think in april when the pandemic first started mm -hmm. um he was on the cover of billboard mm. and it was him like with the mask pulled down oh yeah and it was like i think it was shot in quarantine because it looked like it was like uh, portrait mode on iPhone. Yeah. Because it was just, it kind of looked like a selfie. Mm -hmm. So next we have the Billboard summer charts. So what we had that were really good mm -hmm. Basically, over the summer. Basically just going over what actually did become song, which yeah. the predictions obviously weren't accurate because mm -hmm. there, were, there was obviously going to be music being yeah. put out over the summer. Yeah. All of those songs were from the spring. So. Yeah. So I think if like one of the songs from the L list makes it into the Billboard, then that's like a real contester. Like it shows that yeah. like it has the potential. Yeah. So um, at the beginning of the summer, starting on June sixth, um, "Rain on Me" debuted at number one. Um, Lady Gaga featuring Ariana Grande, um, and it fell into the top ten the following week. And as it should. Um, <laughs> as it should fall into fall out of the number one spot. It should be in the top ten yeah, yeah, for yeah. a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> Rain on Me was my cultural reset this summer. Oh my gosh, like, yeah. A, a song about crying in the middle of a pandemic where I couldn't leave my family. Hmm. Very How fitting. Very nicely <laughs> timed. It's like, wow. Yes. I absolutely love Chromatica, like and we'll talk about it later, but like this song has such a callback to like 90s mm -hmm. and like late 80s dance like club yeah. music and it is so fun to listen to like that piano in the background very yeah. characteristic the mm -hmm. voice mm -hmm. lady gaga mm -hmm. uses where she's like rain on me that like reminds me of like vogue and like yeah, the yeah, voguing yeah. clubs in the 80s it's like it's it's she really did say gay rights with this one chromatica has a lot of moments like the the bad romance moment of the album, like oh, yes. in bad romance, where it's like walk walk fashion baby work it drive mm -hmm. crazy, just she has tons of those moments, yeah yeah. Okay, so next one, which Elle predi predicted pretty well, we have Savage Remix again with Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce. So it landed in the top ten on its second week, and it fell into the top ten in the following weeks. Very nice. So like very nice. Like I said, definitely got the radio time because of Beyonce on the app. Yeah. Like track so it's like fit very well i think it's a very good contender like we said if it's in the l list and it does make it into the top 10 yeah then that's something to talk about um and then on june 20th rockstar by the baby um it came into first place during its third week on the charts and it stayed there for nine weeks <laughs> so i kind of have to say even though 
not really crazy about this song. The music video yeah. has a strange concept. It is definitely, it may be the song of the summer. I didn't hear it much played really, mm -hmm. but just to stay at number one for nine weeks. That's like very good. Yeah, that's like, almost like, I think, a f I wanna say it's six more weeks and it would have like beat Old Town Road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Cause Old Town Road was up there for a while, but yeah. I feel like Rockstar was like, kind of like a party song for the mm -hmm. summer even though we weren't supposed to be partying, but, like, yeah. I feel like a lot of people were listening to it when they were, like, out and stuff. Yeah. And so. I think that's, like, a big, like, a big reasoning for its, like, surge and, yeah. like, staying in the top ten. Yeah, it's really hard to have a, a party song during a pandemic. We <laughs> need, like, not dissing on it, just saying we a nice balance of party songs and also sad girl songs. Yeah. Which brings us to our next... Yes, our Aug next track. August 8th, Cardigan by Taylor Swift came out right as she surprise-dropped Folklore. Oh, my gosh. So Cardigan fell into the top 10 in the next week after it was released. Yes. Very good. Uh -huh. I, Cardigan is like, it felt so, like, I was, like, on vacation when this, like, when Folklore was released, and I was just so surprised. And I stayed up and I listened to it once it dropped. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is Taylor Swift's Sad Girl Summer. And like, we'll talk about this album later, but it is so, Cardigan is like so nice. Mm -hmm. Just because like the piano part is so interesting. Her lyrics, as always, Taylor Swift mm. is an amazing songwriter. I love how it's just you. Like, <laughs> cause we know when I start, I'm not gonna stop. Um, so I'm not gonna get too, Yes, come this, to that later. Yeah, but Cardigan, Chef's Kiss. Um, mm -hmm. I did grind to get that in the top ten. A lot of people, mm -hmm. like, I worked very hard for this. <laughs> I it was listened me. a lot. I did listen a lot. Swifties made playlists of, like, just this song on repeat. Like, stream Cardigan. Stream Cardigan. Yeah, that was in my Twitter <laughs> handle. Stream yeah. Cardigan. Like, um, oh, my gosh. All right, so next we have Watermelon Sugar on August 15th. Harry Styles. It was his first number one. Yes. It's like very nice. As it, yes, I so okay. It's funny because um, Morgan Kroll, she's a student mm -hmm. on campus with us, and she is a Harry Styles fan. I'm a Taylor Swift fan, so I text her when Watermelon Sugar hit number one, and I was like, "Hey, congrats!" <laughs> because it, there's this this thing happens in music culture, like with Stan music. Um, mm -hmm. When you're like, whenever you were talking about cardigan a second ago yeah i was i, I was taking it as a compliment <laughs> yeah and i didn't write it i didn't do anything but it's like you, when your fave artist like your like your stan artist release music you like feel like a sense of pride and like yeah. when people are like really gushing about it you're like wow i like that artist first yeah and my, i like their music too like my best friend did that i feel mm -hmm. like taylor swift is my best friend i've never met her but mm -hmm. watermelon sugar it harry styles deserved his first number one definitely all right, and then our final one on our summer billboard charts. <laughs> so we are going to use the abbreviation because we cannot, I'm not marking this as an explicit podcast, <laughs> um, but WAP. We have WAP by Cardi B, and yet again, Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, and it's actually been there for a second week now. Like, so this, it came out the weekend before August 22nd, debuted at number one, and it's been there again this last week. So that's where we're at with the charts right now. Um, it's so weird that that was the whole summer. I'm like, it went from rain on me to like we just walked through it all through music. Like, yes, a journey that we just all went through together. I'm like, wow, it'll be interesting to see the trends of WAP and like how long it'll stay in the charts. Because mm -hmm. like the big argument on it right now is like, well, men in rap music can talk about like their bodies and like having sex and all these things and like people herald it as like amazing music great rap music but then two women with agency do it and they're like i don't know that seems a little over the top for me yeah i haven't i guess i just stay away from the people like on mm -hmm. the internet i try yeah. to avoid those type of people mm -hmm. i haven't seen that critique i really am love the direction that wap has like went in yes and it's like it is so good it's very funny because it's like Yet again, the TikTok trend with everybody like listening to it and playing it on their TikToks. Mm -hmm. It's like very cool and interesting to see the evolution of it. Yeah. 
for our next segment. So we just walked you through the entire Billboard charts over the summer. So for our next segment, Taylor and I are going to give you our own personal, like a playlist almost, of our songs and albums of the summer. Yes. Okay, so I have mine first. I'll just kind of go through the list. I might give some critiques on like some songs that I really, really like, but otherwise I'll just go through it. So first I have Heat Waves by Glass Animals, who released their album this summer. We have Colors by Black Pumas, which is like almost a civil rights anthem. Like it's very, mm. very poignant and good for this summer. Mm-hmm. Then we have The Bird Watcher by the Fearless Flyers, who just released their album. Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac. These Days by Nico. All I Need by Jacob Collier. Dancing in the Moonlight by King Harvest. Circles by Mac Miller, which I was very pleased to see when he released it, like a posthumous album. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was very like, I was crying, but like also was very happy to see like music still being released after his death. Yeah. And then finally we have It Is What It Is by Thundercat, which I, I love, I love it so much. Thundercat is like huge in R&B and like jazz and he's like creating a fusion of it. Mm-hmm. And it is so nice to listen to his music. Yeah. So my own um, playlist of the summer um, would be Kid Crow by Conan Gray, um, Chromatica by Lady Gaga, Women in Music Part 3 by Hyam, NFR by Lana Del Rey. Um, those all are albums. This is a single. I Don't Really Like Your Boyfriend by Avenue Beat, um, Love Not Loving You by Foxes, IDK You Yet by Alexander23, um, the album Gaslighter by The Chicks, which just really took me back to my country roots. I was like, <laughs> wow. Didn't we all have, like, like religiously listened to the chicks as, like, rural kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Easy by Troy Savon. Minor by Gracie Abrams. It's it's J.J. Uh, Abrams' daughter. I did not know that, and I thought it was very interesting when I found that out because I'm like, it's very cool seeing that, like, you have directors or, like, movie actors and their kids are, like, really good musicians. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Yeah, and it's her. it was her debut... EP, so it's not yeah. a full album, just a collection of songs that she did. And then finally, Folklore by Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. which I think we both... We both saw it coming. I've, I've kind of, <laughs> well, it kind of forced Taylor like to love Taylor. Um, yes. I was like a casual fan of Taylor Swift before. Like I really liked 1989 when it came out. And like Reputation, and Reputation not so much, just because I like didn't listen to it during that time. Mm-hmm. And Lover, like I really liked it when you introduced it to me. But like Folklore is definitely like amazing. Like I, I focus a lot more on the songwriting aspect, like mm-hmm. lyrics and like what goes into the production of a good song and stuff like that. So like hearing this album and like the gentle acoustics and the way she wrote the lyrics was like very impeccable. Yeah. Wow. Like I'm that. once again blushing. Just, you should <laughs> You're know. Like, Thank you. Wow. Tell me more. Um. So next, let's go over some of the very fun dramas that occurred over the summer. Yes. Um, the first, at the, the start of the summer, um, Takeshi 6 9 um, started this controversy with Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande. Um, so basically, Bieber and Ariana collaborated on a song, Stuck mm-hmm. With You, in April. And it's like, so artists get emailed on Thursday, Friday, um, mm-hmm. the predictions for the charts. And then they get emailed a new one after the weekend because, you know, New Music Friday happens. Yeah. And there's this, like, turning point for yeah. everyone. And so um, anyone who doesn't know how the charts work, basically um, points are awarded, like, through album sales, radio play, airplay, streams. Um, but album sales and radio do the most. Um, yeah. They, they award more points than just streaming. Um, because more money is spent. Um, 6 9 gets this uh, email saying that he's, his, his single, Gooba, is predicted to debut at number one, and it would have been his first number one. Um, and Stuck With You by Bieber and Ari um, is predicted to come in like fifth or sixth. Yeah, I think it was like sixth. So to increase album sales, 
um, their team, managed by Scooter Braun, <laughs> he decides to bundle um, autographed CDs on their merch site. And so Billboard, who is in charge of the charts, po- like posts an uh, article, and it kind of reads like an advertisement because at the end it's like, click here to see how you can get these autographed um, CDs. Yeah. And so after that, on Sunday, the day before the charts come out, a new email is issued and it says that Stuck With You is going to come out at number one mm-hmm. and Gooba is down to like third. But I think a, like a, a really important thing is like he could have done the same thing. Yeah. I think like what Scooter Braun did for like Ariana and Bieber's like team, it was a little underhanded like trying to sneak in there, but it's also like it's the music industry. It's fair game. Mm-hmm. And like I'm not a huge fan of Takeshi 69. I just like he's not a great person mm-hmm. like at all. Yeah. So it's like maybe he deserved it. Maybe go back to jail. Maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, mm-hmm. I I really don't I, but Ariana, she handled it with class when it came out, the, mm-hmm. when the charts came out, she did a screenshot on on Instagram, she posted it, and she was, like, very grateful for all of my peers that are in the charts with me. Even you there at number six, talking about Takeshi69. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that like, was our, our, our first scandal. A little bit of drama. So yeah. next we have controversy over TikTok and the eventual, like, like claims mm-hmm. that TikTok was going to be banned or deleted in the U.S., and no access to it and so like TikTok like didn't really I don't know came into fruition like a long time ago obviously mm-hmm. but it started really picking up speed in like November December yeah and like tons of new artists like people would put their songs in the background of their vi- TikToks mm-hmm. and it would like get all this like like I don't know exposure yeah. for artists and so definitely helped like bring up I think it brought up like stream like points a lot for yeah. artists well, even like before November, like mm-hmm. in February, March of last year, in mm-hmm. the spring, I heard um, Old Town Road for the first time through TikTok. Yes. And that did so much to give it airplay. True. And so, look at Old Town Road. Yeah. It currently has the record for the most weeks at number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so TikTok getting deleted, if, it, if, if that ever were to happen, if it got banned, that would of course, indirectly, or even direct, dare I say it, directly, <laughs> affect the music industry, just because they it's, yeah. it's synonymous with uh, yeah. distribution. It really is. I think, like, TikTok has made it a lot easier for, like, smaller up-and-coming artists that may not have, like, a studio or, like, a sign yet mm-hmm. for a contract. It makes it a lot easier for them to, like, break into the industry gently because it's, like you have different artists. So there's like this girl, Blue to Tiger. She's like a bassist I follow. And she released a song and it immediately picked up speed on TikTok because Mm. she was like, hey, can you use this as a background? Like sound in your videos to get some like exposure, get people to listen to it. And it ended up hitting like top streams in Spotify. Wow. Um, So our next story from the summer is as a Swifty, my good friend, um, (laughs) Kanye West, he announced that he was running for president. Um, he did an informal announcement over Twitter. Um, Ellen Musk endorsed him. Um, and over the summer, um, did an interview with Forbes and had his first rally. In the interview with Forbes, Forbes asked him which party he was going to be a part of. Like, mm-hmm. was he Democrat, Republican, Independent? And he said he's a part of the birthday party. Um, a man with class. We have no choice but to stand. Oh, my gosh. Um Everything Kanye West does, I honestly, like, I think Kanye West, like, and obviously he's been to rehab before and, like, mental health institutions and checked himself in. This man needs more help. <laughs> he needs more help. He does. He's just, he's very off the rails, and I think because he's had so much success in the past, he now thinks he can get away with anything because he's kind of, like, as much as we hate to acknowledge it, he's kind of a cultural icon. Yeah. Yeah, like a <laughs> laughing stock, but also yeah. it's like a it's like performance art. It's it really like, is. It's yeah. like watching performance art. Cuz it's like he did all of these like huge albums and then he releases Jesus is King and he's like, "I'm going to be a pastor now." 
and I'm just gonna do like religious music and like, God is amazing, God is good, I'm going to run for president. I'm like, he's doing all of these stunts, one <sighs> after another after another. Some of the things he said on his like, short-lived run for presidency were literally insane. Oh my gosh. I'm just yeah. thinking about his rally where he talked about North. I think it was North. Yeah. And like how he's like, I like that has to be traumatizing for not only like Kim, but for North when she's old enough to yeah. understand what like he said. Yeah. Okay. And then his Harriet Tubman comment. Oh, he was like, yes. obviously Harriet Tubman did nothing for racism. I'm People like, started mm. booing him. Um, he was like, and his reasoning, which I kind of get where, like, where he was alluding, but his wording was awful. Mm-hmm. He basically was trying to say, we still have steps to take in terms of racism. Yeah. Um, but the way he said it was like saying that Harriet Tubman did nothing for race. Like he, it, it was not, it was not, not the finest it. moment. Um, and then like afterwards, mm-hmm. like this Twitter thing, like he was tweeting about Kim. He was like, Kim just kicked me out. Kim is like, did you hear about this? I don't think I did. Well, I, I might have heard snippets, but... Well, uh, so afterwards he's tweeting, and, like, Kim kicked me out. Um, she's going to somewhere, like, and I, I don't know, just going to be away for a little bit. And, like, mm-hmm. headlines started coming out, like, are they getting divorced? Mm-hmm. Um, he was tweeting, like, Kim's parents tried to, like, lock me up one time. Which can you blame them? I'm like, mm-hmm. Have they met their son-in-law? Um, so, I don't know. Literally, yeah. I think... He definitely needs, I don't know, at this point, it's hard to distinguish between, like, his performance art pieces that he does and his actual personality. Yeah. Like, it makes, I feel like it makes people really concerned. They're like, is Kanye West okay? The two characters that he's created have just blended into one, and Mm -hmm. no one knows. No one knows what's going on. No, in that tumultuous brain. Mm -hmm. Those are Laney lyrics. Um... (laughs) So then next we have Megan Thee Stallion was shot yeah. this summer, shot in the foot on an attempt on her life. Yeah, in, in the in midst of the Black Lives Matter movement. True, yes. So I didn't hear much about it. I don't know, like, the history with, like, who shot her or, like, how. But, like, it was so weird waking up and then seeing that Megan Thee Stallion has been shot. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, see, I got on Instagram, and she posted to her story, and she's like, don't worry, you guys. Like, I'm fine. And I was just like, what? <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion got shot. It's, it's scary to think these idols that you have, these people in the industry that you look up to, that have impacted your life so much. Mm-hmm. They don't know you, but they're like, you let them into your lives. You let them into, like, they become part of your story. Music is such a, like, a, a life-spanning mm-hmm. um, yeah. Thing that we all like an abstract concept given to us by artists and to think like Chadwick Boseman um, mm-hmm. I was seeing a lot of people who have connected with his work um, posting on Twitter that they were devastated that he died like mm-hmm. they didn't know how they were going to tell their kids because um, they were he was the first person that made them feel seen in terms yeah. of a superhero um, and like it's just so it's it's heart-wrenching to think yeah it's like they're just as vulnerable as you are even though you don't see it that way because they're like famous yeah you think like these famous people are going to be around forever and like maybe the idea or concept of them will be but like not necessarily them yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like yeah um, and then Lady A and the Chicks this summer yes. both changed their names. So amongst the Black Lives Matter movement and Confederate monuments and statues being taken down, a lot of artists in the industry wanted to change their like names and their band names so they didn't call back to different like Confederate or Civil mm-hmm. War like ideology. So like the antebellum was like plantation and everything. So Lady A's like, we're gonna change our names. And then the chicks as well with the Dixie chicks previously. Yeah, because Dixie was like a, the people mm-hmm. that marched. Oh yeah. Or yeah, and the, like the, it was like the march song and stuff too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then there's when Lady A changed her name. There's already an artist. Mm-hmm. She's blues, and her name was Lady A. And so she's like, well, I'm going to sue you. Yeah. And so there was that as well. It was which, I mean. 
Mm-hmm. I don't. Okay, so I love the Dixie Chicks. I, I mean, I love the chicks. <laughs> See, I've been doing that all summer. Um, it, for me, I have a like I have a friend who has a friend named Dixie, <laughs> and it's like, okay, so what's she supposed to do? Change your name. Change your name, Dixie. No. I think I'm just like, kidding. I'm not. There's no Dixie shaming on this podcast. <laughs> the intention is there like you know yeah. like they're like i'm doing a good thing and i agree they are they're trying to take that like a text with harmful connotations out of like our modern language yeah but i think like they can also focus their efforts elsewhere rather than just changing their name yeah. you know like donate to bail funds yeah donate to yeah. movements go to protests you know like actually say black lives matter yeah yeah next lana del rey she um dropped a spoken word poetry book Yes. Um, amidst her own little, like, f- after the chaos of her own um, controversy with oh, yes. the black community, which I'm yeah. not going to get into because I love Lana. Not yeah. saying what she did was right. Poorly, yeah. poor, I think poorly worded Instagram posts she that tried she made. to, like, I understand where she was coming from, where she's like, why can all of these people talk about, like, drugs and abuse and, like, subjects like that in their music, but I can't? But I think it was very poorly worded in the sense that she only included women of color yeah. in the music industry. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe, like, I'm not saying, like, those are the only ones. But if you're going to do that, don't just target black women or yeah. women of color. And yeah. I did, her apology post was, like, also kind of poorly worded. But, like, she's trying. And that's, like, what matters. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't gotten the chance. I was very excited to listen to Violet bent backwards mm-hmm. over the grass the the name of the book mm-hmm. um i just haven't gotten to it yet yes. i'm kind of poor so <laughs> i think lana del rey is obviously like she has some really good music and mm-hmm. so i think spoken word poetry like if she does it right will sound very very cool yeah because like she has like great concepts yeah. so i think like the poetry will take that same shape where it has very good ideas behind it mm-hmm. but yeah so then next we have Folklore, the surprise drop of the summer from Taylor Swift. She pulled a Beyonce. She pulled a Beyonce. Okay, so I'm going to try to be quick about this. Um, <laughs> put it last on our things of, like, put it last on the things that happened over the summer. It happened at the end of the summer. Um, and it's uh, it's a lot for me to talk about. <laughs> um, but in my most concise um, thoughts, I happened to be up this was the only time over the summer that i was Mm -hmm. up before like 10 a.m um and because i was uh we had a close family member die and so i was getting ready to go to a funeral and had to be out of the house by eight and it happened to be at 8 a.m taylor swift announced Mm -hmm. folklore and it was the i was like wow i'm actually awake like (laughs) Wow, and I'm getting to see this. And so, um, oh, Folklore is just a collection of things that Taylor, um, stories in her mind that ran through her head while she was in quarantine. So she's deeply in love with her boyfriend right now. They've been together Mm -hmm. for three years. She's written two albums about him. And this, if you did not know that this was about people she had never met, characters that she made up, you would think it was like, her getting over him album because there's a lot of deep cuts it's a lot of uh sad girl hours yeah cardigan uh hoax oh yeah peace lots of uh really Mm -hmm. good songs to cry to alone in the shower yeah i love the concept of this album where like you can write stories about people you've heard of but never met Mm -hmm. and like it's just like her own personal like it's folklore yeah because it's like legends and like people you know especially like the last great american dynasty about the woman that previously lived in the house she now lives in it's like that is such a cool concept to me like i like i said before i love the way taylor swift writes music i love her lyrics looking from like a songwriter aspect it's just so amazing to see the kind of things she comes up with (laughs) i'm glad you agree um (laughs) but yeah it was definitely very good. It was a big, it was a big thing for me. I love her. <laughs> oh, 
All right, so we have new music this week coming out. So Smile by Katy Perry was released yesterday at midnight, correct? Yes. So it came out. I was asleep, of course, but we gave it a listen. It is surprisingly very good. Yeah. I So like I've kind of fell in and out of love with Katy Perry's music, but like I feel like when she released her one single like last like winter and like, you know, in the fall, that... I really like that song. And it got a bunch of radio time, so it definitely made it. So, like, Smile's really good. Yeah. I think it's a very good, like, it shows growth mm-hmm. in her. Yeah. So, for me, I feel like when I think of Katy Perry, I think of the 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 glitz and the... She's kind of like a, a, a cross between Lana Del Rey and, mm-hmm. like, the, the aura... Not the song, not Lana's songwriting, but the mm-hmm. the vibe that Lana Del Rey gives yeah. off. Katy Perry has that essence too, mm-hmm. and then the the songwriting capabilities of Taylor Swift or the yeah. the the delivery. Mm-hmm. Because in terms of songwriting, she doesn't really do oh, yeah. much of it mm-hmm. the way that Taylor does, but she she definitely puts out music the way that Taylor would. Like yeah, the, her messages yeah. and stuff. Very nice, and I think like. She definitely has, like, she's a more, like, performance art version of Lana, so, like, less, like, aesthetic and more, like, very performance-based, kind of like Lady Gaga is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think Lady Gaga and Katy Perry, I kind of group together in my mind because they have that same aesthetic, like, performance art. Yeah. And I think Katy's definitely written, like, very many gay anthems, (laughs) as has Lady Gaga, which I, I love it. I absolutely love the music. And so it's, like, it's very good to see this with her, and like putting never really over on and then like following it with her new songs mm-hmm. i love it so like with never really over it came out last march so it's been out yeah, for it's been for a while a year and a half it's been out so the first single came out she's been working teasing this album for over a year um and so it opens with never really over which okay for me going into smile the singles that came out there was this one um that, like never really over um, which I loved, and the the my favorite thing about Never Really Over is that even though it's a year old, it still sounds new to me. Yes, it keeps that like fresh new music quality. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Katy Perry's music is about, like with Teenage Dream or Firework, those classic songs that she's written. I would definitely group Never Really Over into that category. The yeah. other songs on this album for me. Mm-hmm. I've never went to Katy Perry for inspiration. Mm-hmm. I've always gone to her for that, like, performance of, you know, I'm heartbroken or I'm in love. or And this album is different from anything she's ever, like, given us because yeah. it kind of, it focuses on, like, a, a healing process, mm-hmm. whereas her other albums aren't really like that. Yeah. Which it's it's great for her. It's just not it doesn't feel like her to me. Yeah, it's like a very new direction, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think like you know. Yeah. It's very cool to see. And never really overfits that category. Like for me. Mm-hmm. It like it's it's Katy Perry. Yes. The okay, so so the second track, mm-hmm. Cry About It Later, might be besides Never Really Over, it might be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um I don't really like the the singles that she put out for it over the summer. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't a fan of Harley's in Hawaii. Daisy's I liked a little bit more, but still. And then have you heard Smile? Smile didn't even go to radio. Yeah, and it's, it's the, like yeah. it's the title track, and it was just a promo single. So I've explained this to people before, and you have your um, your singles and then promo singles. Mm-hmm. So singles, generic regular singles, tend to go to radio. Um, get a music video and be highly advertised, whereas promo singles are just for the people that kind of want to know what the album's about, and it doesn't get a lot of attention. So you have to be paying attention because it won't go to radio, it won't get a music video, mm-hmm. and it, it's like a sneak peek sort of of the album, and it comes out yeah. a little bit early. And so Smile, the title track, came out three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it's... It's I'm, it's okay. Yeah. It's, it's like that's as far as I take it, though. Yeah. Um, in terms of like ma- naming the entire album after that song, it's don't, like, uh, I don't really like that song at all. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be better to go like 
somewhere along the lines of like never really over since that was like the first one that came mm-hmm. out or even like daisies yeah which okay so she she just gave birth yeah she had her baby her and orlando's child yeah yeah and her baby's name is daisy oh so so i think that'd be really nice name the album daisies the the closer what makes a woman mm-hmm. she wrote so she wrote daisies for her daughter mm-hmm. um which kind of redeems it for me a little That's bit like, oh. Cause it just sounds like the the oh, the part where she screams where she's like to the cover me and daisies daisies ah! and it's just like yes oh. it's like ooh you ain't I don't know it sounds okay but it's yeah. I don't know don't really know how I feel about like the last <laughs> where she like screeches mm. um, but what makes a woman she wrote for her daughter um, and it's a really beautiful I piece that. that was also a promo single it came out mm-hmm. last week yeah um, but. Um, yeah, all around for me, I wouldn't just, I never would have placed this in Katy Perry's discography. Yeah. I watched some clips of the Zane Lowe interview that she did on Apple Music, and she's talking about how, like, with The Witness, her last album, Mm -hmm. was her making experimental pop music. And there is good, successful pop experimental music, like Sweetener by mm-hmm. Ariana Grande or Chromatica. Yeah. And then there is Witness and it was, it was kind of a flop. Yeah. And she even talked about it in the interview. She's like, that's my worst album, I'll admit it. Mm-hmm. Um and she did a lot of weird things she talked about during that era of her mm-hmm. putting out music to promote Witness. She went live on YouTube for seventy two hours straight. Yes. She like locked herself in this like a big brother sort of house yeah and uh like invited influencers over and like made dinner and she had a live therapy session i think that's like like it's like a witness you know like yeah she's trying to be clever (laughs) but she talked about in the interview like that's not she she had to get medicated because she felt like Mm -hmm. which that's not a normal way to promo new music yeah you know she said like that after witness like, I remember seeing on Twitter this video of her mm-hmm. going live on Instagram and she was crying because her fans hated the album. Mm-hmm. Which, for yeah. me, I was like, if I ever did that to Taylor Swift, I would, like, curl up in a ball and die, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's just, it's sad to see. And so, like, her coming back and, like, making this album after Witness and everything that happened, I think it's very good. It's, like, very good growth. Mm-hmm. Thera- She's getting back into a healthier place. Yeah, it's a therapeutic album. Yeah. And she thought she hearkened back to that a lot in the interview. And mm-hmm. so while I would not, like, I would never go out of my way to play any of these, like, when someone says, let's listen to some Katy Perry, I, w- mm-hmm. I would probably put on Never Really Over. Yeah. Um, but in terms of her personal growth, I feel like it was necessary just because mm-hmm. of the things she's been through. So I understand, but yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, and I checked this morning on Metacritic, and Smile is, has 56%. So if mm. you don't, so I would be referencing Metacritic a lot on this podcast. Um, Metacritic compiles all of the big name uh, critics and gives an average score for one piece of work. So you're not looking at just one individual um review you're looking at the average points of reviews and smile yeah. smile currently is at 56 percent mm-hmm. so it's like not great but it still has time to grow yeah mm-hmm. okay so next we have on our list for new music club future nostalgia by dua lipa it's our remix album for her mm-hmm. so it's like she had future nostalgia she remixed all the songs i thought it was okay. I obviously like Future Nostalgia better, like the original versions, but mm-hmm. there are some pretty good remixes on there. The big advertising point for this was that Madonna is on some of the tracks. Um, Megan Thee Stallion, I think, mm-hmm. is on some of the tracks. So yeah, there's a lot of really big names featured on Club Future Nostalgia, but like, I don't know, I just thought it could have been better, you know? Even though it's like, Metacritic score is like super high, but I don't know. I myself, so, okay, it's only, that's based on five critic reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, it has 92. Um, and it's from a lot of, like, magazines that, w- most magazines that you want to watch out for on Metacritic would be, like, Entertainment Weekly, 
and the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing like Variety. They have a lot of. Oh, you have Variety is good. But then the Independent reviewed it and gave it a hundred, as well as Slant Magazine gave it seventy. Hmm. Um, NME New Musical oh, yeah. Express gave it eighty. Eighties generous in my. I would. Yeah, I'd put it more at like a seventy-five or something, just yeah. because like, I don't know, like it was okay quality, but it wasn't like. Even a the, logical remix on a lot of the songs. Even the cover art just doesn't flow. Like, from a graphic design student's standpoint, it doesn't look like any of these people are in the same room when this is being shot. Like, you can tell it's photoshopped. Yeah. Um, but It just, yeah, it's kind of like she just threw it together as an extra almost is what it seems like. I was really excited for it because I love Dua Lipa. Mm-hmm. Um, Not to the quality I would expect from her, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's riding on a very nice, like, wave right now. Dolipa, mm-hmm. she's... Oh, yeah, definitely. She's out of her up-and-coming era, and she's, like, really established a name for herself. Mm-hmm. She's and, big now. Yeah, and so... Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, so then next we have In a Dream by Troy Sivan. It's one week old now. It is a week old. We're going back just because we haven't... We've never done an episode, and we kind of want to catch you up on what's been going on. It's been a really weird time to keep up with music news right now mm-hmm. with the pandemic and all. But In a Dream is Troy Sivan's EP um, following his second studio album, Bloom. Um, and I loved the singles. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to the singles a lot. Oh, yeah. There's only six tracks on this project. The three that did come out, there was Take Yourself Home which for me was like a very like good came out in March which was like a good time for everyone to take oh, yeah. their self home. Um I'm like very nice. Yeah, it was about him going back home during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um going back to Australia. Yeah. Um, cuz he's been in the US. Mm-hmm. Um the other two singles there's Easy um which is about cheating. Um mm. like being the person that's like cheating on someone and then yeah. coming back to your lover and being like, oh, I'm sorry, like the person that it's I was like, with, oh, no. they made it easy yeah. to be with them. And the lyricism in the chorus, it's like, I can't even look at you. Would you look at the space just next to your feet? The wood is warping, the lines are distorted. So he's basically like, have you ever heard To Build a Home by the Cinematic Orchestra? I don't think I've heard it, but. That, that song, Easy, kind of reminds me of To Build a Home. To build a home is this metaphor about like the their ha- their relationship as a house, mm-hmm. and that house is like yeah. crumbling. It's and like so to apart. say that the wood is warping on mm-hmm. the floor, I like that. And to say this house is on fire, woo! But easy standout <laughs> moment for me. And then very good. Rage your teenager. I love Rage your teenager. I just think it's like it's like a very nice chill, but also like fun party song. Mm-hmm. I really like it, and yeah. I love. Troy Sivan's music in the past, he's definitely evolved from, like, he was kind of, like, like an alternative pop king, like, in 2016 and stuff with his, like, youth and everything. He was, like, a, a prince. He was a child when he, he started. Oh, my gosh, yeah. He was, like, huge on, like, in, like, Tumblr and everything, mm-hmm. and everybody loved him. And so, like, seeing this evolution of music, I love it. Yeah. Bloom, for me, was, like, watching Troy. So, Troy, like I said, he started out, Blue Neighborhood was, like, a coming-of-age yeah. film. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bloom was like a whole other thing. It was like he was an adult all of mm-hmm. a sudden, and it was in the time of like three years. It's like his oh my music gosh. matured exponentially. Not yes. saying that Blue Neighborhood was immature. Oh yeah, no. It's just it's the themes have matured. Yeah, and so it's very it's a, beautiful. Yes, I love to see it. Before I was a fan of Taylor Swift, it was Troye Sivan. Troye mm-hmm. Sivan was my first, um, like artists that I really followed mm-hmm. um so I guess you could just say I have a really like a thing for TS Taylor <laughs> it's Trace Taylor Swift it's just those initials do it for you that's the yeah it's <laughs> about TS yes okay so our next album Dreamland by Glass Animals is three weeks old so it was at least the week or two weeks before we came back to school mm-hmm. and I like I absolutely love Glass Animals I love what they do with their music it's like very it's experimental pop music done right yeah 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 they're definitely and they like deal heavily not necessarily like electronic but they deal very heavily in like beats and electronic like style 
And so it's super cool to see Dreamland come out and it's like a complete change where it's like this album, the lead singer he talked about, he's like, I wanted to talk about my childhood. And like throughout the album, there's um, tracks titled like home video or family video, like number one or six or something. Mm -hmm. And they're like little snippets of recordings from his home videos from when he was a child. And so it's really cool. And he's like, it's about the progression of growing up and like, what you do as a kid and like how like sometimes like growing up sucks but like kids like understand that and it's just part of growing up yeah and so I think it was super cool like on some of the tracks to see that like dreamland is like it's like about growing up and like coming out of this dream where you're like a child and you have to like wake up and understand what being an adult's like yeah and it's just like the music is so beautiful I love it they definitely had some good singles. Um, Tokyo Drifting with yes. Denzel Curry. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very fun. They just, like, they make fun music. Yeah. Tokyo Drifting put the album on my mm-hmm. radar. It came up on a Apple Music playlist yes. that I was. Um, I really like the opening track. Yes, Dreamland. Because the whole song, he's just, like, talking about <laughs> or singing about these, like, experiences. And then at the end... He's like, so you make an album and call it Dreamland, yeah. Which is what you're listening to. I like that. It's so cool. I just, the way they write lyrics is so, like, amazing. I love it. And then our last um, yes. album we will be walking you through a quick commentary on is Jesse Volume 3 by Jacob Collier. Yes. So Jacob Collier's new album came out two last week or two weeks ago. But so I love Jacob Collier from a music background. Like the way Jacob Collier deals with music is like mind boggling. It's amazing. And so Jacob Collier, he started releasing music when he was like 16 on YouTube, like doing like jazz arrangements of songs. So one of his most notable ones is like, Isn't She Lovely by Stevie Wonder. And so he continued and he got signed to a record. He started doing, music theory TED Talks at MIT mm. and he like created a synthesizer he showed people how to use and it is so cool to see this kind of stuff and so like once he like started releasing music he created this project called Jesse and mm-hmm. he's released an album once like released one album every year and so like Jesse volume one came out in 2016 and then volume two volume three and so this gotcha. is Well, I guess this is, so he started in 2017. But so there's going to be a fourth installment in a year. Mm. And so this is Jesse Volume 3. It is, the music on it is so cool. And like, as he's gained popularity in the music community, because like, I feel like you don't hear him because he's not mainstream. But like, people in the music industry know who he is. And they absolutely love him. Volume 3, Jesse just got released. It's very cool. So, like, as he's picked up speed in the music industry, people have started collaborating with him. So, like, T-Pain, Ty Dolla Sign, Mahalia. There's, like, other artists that are featured on this album that you wouldn't even consider because mm-hmm. they're, like, they're, like, rap, but they're, like, yeah. they have R&B background. And, yeah. like, Jacob Collier does a lot of jazz, R&B, like, that area. That's interesting, too. Yeah. To think, like, T-Pain doing, like, a jazz Yeah, it track. is so cool. And, like, the music on this album is amazing. It's, like... I like love music theory and I deal heavily in it with my work at school and like I love studying it but some of the things Jacob Collier does like he talk he reharmonizes like insane like if you listen to his music you can he- like it sounds so good but it's like all the chords are so tight and like well organized and put together that it's like this beautiful thing that you like as a as a composer you wouldn't even consider doing and so it's like he has some very interesting concepts he talks about and he still does TED Talks. So it's like it's very cool and it's worth checking out if you're into like music theory and those kind of things. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then so I guess there's there's not a lot right now going on in the music industry. I feel like we've just walked through mm-hmm. every big thing that's ever really happened. Um, yes. But coming up, coming up this upcoming weekend is the VMAs. Um, well, no, not even this weekend. It's tomorrow. Yeah. It's tomorrow night. Sunday, yeah. All right. So next we have 
up-and-coming artist. Just one this week will probably add more, but since we had focused so much on the summer. Uh, so these two categories, let I let Taylor curate because, like I said, she has a better scope for um, the future of music and also the history of music. So Yes. So I put down 100 Gex as our upcoming artist just because it's, like, very interesting. They define themselves as hyper-pop, which is, like, they take all the knobs you can have on pop music and they turn it up to the max. <laughs> so like, it's really, really hard to listen to the first time through because it just kind of sounds like noise. Mm -hmm. But the more you listen to, the more you like it. And it's also very cool because we have like, we have a duo, Laura Less, who does vocals. She's a trans woman. And like, it's very cool to see like a trans woman breaking through in the music industry and getting like to the pop charts. So I also have Throwback of the Week, which I'm excited to be doing. So I kind of did like a starter song. This week I did Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. So I love Fleetwood Mac. They're easily like one of my favorite bands. And I think the whole Rumors album, which Dream came off of, is like, it's so entrenched and like so much drama. And it's so fun to learn about. So Dreams was written and penned by Stevie Nicks, who is the lead vocalist of Fleetwood Mac. Um, she wrote it about her divorce and like breakup with Lindsey Buckingham who plays bass in Fleetwood Mac. And so she was like, you know what? I am not about it. So she wrote this whole song about him and Lindsey Buckingham is like playing, like this is the story goes, Lindsey Buckingham, they're playing it in rehearsal and he's like, this song is like actually really good. Like it really slaps. And everyone else in the band is like, this is about Lindsey, isn't it? <laughs> And so, like, once they were actually performing it on stages and stuff, Lindsey Buckingham realized it was about him. And he's like, oh, this is a diss track on oh me. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so it's so cool. That that whole album, which I, like, would love to talk about more in the future, is, like, there's so much drama. Like, every single, almost every single track on that album was a diss track mm -hmm. towards a num another member of the band. Or, wow. like, yeah. It was, like, Christy McAvee broke up with John McAvee in the band. Like, they divorced and Christy started dating the lights guy for their live shows. And so she wrote a song about him, like how much she loved him. And then it's like, the chain is about them hating each other, but they're only together because they're making music. Hmm. It is so cool. Fleetwood Mac is like, I don't know. I feel like they're the Kardashians of the 70s, wow. honestly, like in a way. Yeah. They're so culturally relevant, but they had so much drama. Mm -hmm. It was very cool. All right, so upcoming music. Um, so these are just, these are, in my mind, these sound like they're weeks away because it's mm -hmm. September, but September starts in three days. Oh my gosh. Um, or two days. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, Kim Trails Over the Country Club by Lana Del Rey is supposed to be out September 15th, but if you know anything about Lana's release schedule, it's that it's very messy and tends to move around a lot. So that is a very tentative date right now. Yeah. I'm very excited for that one. We also have The Ascension by Sufjan Stevens, which, which is, I'm very excited for. I'm a huge Sufjan stan, so. He, um, yeah, he did a lot of the music for, or he had a song featured in This Is Us. Oh, um, yes, yeah, and he did, he helped do the soundtrack for Call Me By Your Name also. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then, just, this is an upcoming music, but just a reminder, um, the VMAs are tomorrow night. Yes. Which is a very big night for pop music. Yes. If you haven't voted yet, go vote. Well, well, well there's the there's the voting right now mm -hmm. on for the the bracket. Yes. For song of the summer. So vote for song of the summer. That's on MTV's Instagram story. Yes. So yeah, um, mm -hmm. we will be doing this thing after every episode. We are going to put a playlist on Apple Music and Spotify, and those will be linked in the show notes. So yeah, and then also we have a half episode that we'll be doing on Wednesday so by half episode I just mean it will be labeled like this episode is one mm -hmm. and then there will be a 1.5 episode coming yeah. on Wednesday like a little another teaser trailer yeah and mm -hmm. it'll remind you what's coming out on New Music Friday so it's just going to be an episode a snippet of us mm -hmm. just telling you what to expect coming out on Friday because yeah. <laughs> this thing happens now in the music industry where like, as of right now, we can probably anticipate, like, 
a few new songs coming out, mm -hmm. but by Monday or Tuesday, like maybe an artist decides to start teasing a song. Yeah, like release a single by surprise or something like that. Yeah, because we live in such a like techno technological era in the music industry, mm -hmm. so it's uh we don't know what to anticipate. Anyone could drop anything because we're so fast paced. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. All right. So half episode out Wednesday. Remember to check out our playlists on Spotify and Apple Music. We'll be coming out with new music. Well, not new music, but new episodes to review new music soon. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, thank you for giving us the last hour of your time. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to come back. And um, if you made it this far, congrats. <laughs> um, so yeah, we like put our hands in the circle. And like, yeah. what team? Wildcats. Ooh. Get your head in the game. <laughs>